Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back. Episode 144 of the Brothers Brandt podcast, MLB Stadium Rankings, the trilogy. This is a three-part episode. In 142, we ranked 30 to 21. In 143, we ranked 20 to 11. And tonight... We put a bow on it. Baseball season is upon us, and we decide on the top 10. Ricky, you ready? Rob, this is is an exciting episode. I mean, just jazzed up. We have been traveling around the country. I mean, heck, even when we were kids, we were going to baseball games, but we really embarked on it in our 20s and traveled the country, and we've seen them all. They are just, each of them has their own characteristics that make them special. But these are the cream of the crop, Rob. These are the top 10 that if you and your family are thinking about taking a road trip this summer and going to see a ballpark and a game somewhere, these are the ones you circle first. And not only do you circle them, you also circle the stadium tour of these stadiums where they will give you a behind the look, behind the scenes access to the diamond, to the suites. They'll sprinkle in a lot of history about it. It is well worth the 20, 25, 30 bucks that you may pay for it. So that's so great that you say that, Rob, because in the top 10, we have toured all of these. You know, we've toured almost every single one of them. We've been to them all, (laughs) but my top 10 also have tours and i think that's what separates them you get to see behind the scenes exactly my top 10 uh uh my top nine have tours my top nine oh oh okay little curveball already curveball action here without further ado let's get going here i got number number 10 the st louis cardinals bush stadium uh we talked about on a previous episode you had it in the teens somewhere low teens um, I put it in my top 10 because the arch is in the background. They've done a phenomenal job of building around the stadium to make it like a fun happening spot. Even when games are not going on, uh, there's a bar across the street from center field that you could watch it from there. Kind of got that Wrigley esque field, uh, Wrigley field where they have bars and houses where you can watch the game and not even be in the stadium. I love it. It's a baseball city too. That was a big factor in this too. St. Louis is a baseball city and they thrive when the Cardinals are doing well. 
I support that, Rob. I see every side of the argument there. And, and, and yes, they are a fantastic city with an excellent stadium. For me, my number 10th ranked stadium is American Family Field, home of the Milwaukee Brewers. This stadium was built in 2001. It seats 41,000. And Rob, the characteristics in this stadium are really unique. First and foremost is it's a retractable roof, but it's the only retractable roof in sports that I've seen that opens from the middle and closes from the middle. They all typically will slide from one side to the other. This one parts like the sea. Yeah, love that. And, and, and And we, I sprayed down the field for that with the hose. Rob, we've we've been on almost every field itself, and for you to have grabbed a hold of the hose <laughs> and watered down the infield prior to first. Look, I didn't grab a hold. The the grounds crew was out there at the same time that our tour was going on, and I asked, I said, "Hey, man, can I get a picture of hold me holding the hose?" And he was holding it behind me. I was holding the nozzle, spraying down third base. You had excellent form. I, there was a little bit of puddling going on over there, but hey, <laughs> you that. Rick, you were was it you or me that tried on catcher equipment in the in the dugout? Was that here or no? That was Seattle. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> so um, at this stadium too, Rob. One of the things that I like about Milwaukee is it's the only stadium that we've ever like walked up to, and it felt like we were walking up to a college football game. Fans were tailgating in the parking lots. They were barbecuing. It was the end of September. The team had no chance of making the playoffs. I can only imagine what it's like when the team is in the postseason and doing well. But yet, even with a team struggling, they just had great fan support. They're known for their Bratwurst. And they're the Brewers, also supporting the local area, uh, the local craft breweries in the Wisconsin area, their stadium out in uh, center left and right field has these big glass window panes, which allows for natural light to come into the stadium when the dome is closed. Yeah. What they can do with those though, is they can like rotate them and it actually opens up for like fresh air to come into the stadium too. You don't see that at hardly any stadiums that are uh, enclosed. So I love that. And over in left field, One of the most unique characteristics of the stadium is a spiral slide. This slide is about 35 feet tall. So basically a three and a half story building tall. And anytime the Milwaukee Brewers hit a home run, their mascot, which is hilarious. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you gotta, you gotta own it, Rick. And, and, Milwaukee should have been in the top 10 for me. I'm not going to lie that you're selling me on Milwaukee. It was a bad, Bad call to put him at the 15 spot. That was disrespectful on my part. And then you have the sausage race. You haven't even gotten to the sausage race yet in their top 10. And the hot Amy. You got hot Amy. And you got hot Amy, all right? So you got it all, Rob. You got it all. It's a wonderful ballpark. I highly recommend it. Let's slide on down. Hold on. For those of you that don't know hot Amy, Google her, look her up. Rick's got a picture with her long before he ever met Morgan. So, hey, his his fiance, his his wife now, his wife, his wife, his wife, his wife. Um, And uh, so just disclaimer there. uh, But uh, there was a moment in time where she – uh, loves doing the scorecard and she uh, she sits right behind home plate about three rows up where it's very low cut 
uh, shirts, and every commentator has comment- commented on her outfits. <laughs> Moving on to number nine. The Arizona Diamondbacks chase field for me, Rob. It holds a special spot Mm. in my heart. Mm. You and I got a chance to go out there last year for my bachelor trip with a bunch of the guys. We took a tour of this stadium. This ballpark was built in 1998. It holds 48,000. So it's one of the larger ballparks in America. It also is a retractable stadium. Yeah, What it has that no other stadium has is a swimming pool, Rob, a swimming pool. You could be in your bathing suit doing some backstrokes, a little butterfly action, and be watching the ball game. How cool is that? You could be in the hot tub with a brew. That is cool. That is really cool. And and they do have a World Series with uh, Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, they beat the Yanks. So, you know, it's a great stadium. Again, I, I think I was drunk for my 11 through 20. I, I, I really do. I don't know what happened there. Really, wheels fell off. Uh, you blacked out. Chase blacked Field out. for me is number nine. What's your number nine? Just give it to the people here. I on. love the Seattle Mariners T-Mobile Park. Loved it. I had a blast there. That was fantastic. Um, loved the retractable dome. And it's not even a retractable dome. It's like a half kind of dome setup which is great because you got some natural flow to it we were when we were there we did not get to witness it because it was uh beautiful weather in september when we were there um i love the uh edgar martinez uh nacho stand we got some great nachos there um it, it just it just is really well designed and it's in the middle of the city so easy to get to I just had such a great time there. Really enjoyed that the behind the scenes, you were trying on Houston Astros catchers uh, equipment. We got to see Altuve and Correa before they really started taking off. Uh, It was a terribly attended game. I think there was 500 people in attendance. (laughs) I don't think Seattle was embarking on the postseason at that time. And I agree with you. T-Mobile Park, very cool stadium. It was, if you recall, my 11th. So it was just yeah. shy of the top 10 for right. me. But still an excellent ball. So I'm going to go with eight, and then you're going to go with eight. I'm going to go with eight, the Houston Astros Minute Maid Park. Really enjoyed Minute Maid Park. I believe you put them further down the list. Just uh, one notch, Rob. I had them at seven. So we're both in oh. agreement that Minute Maid Park is right there. Let's stay on that and talk yeah. about Let's what talk about makes it. that stadium so special. Yeah, what do you like most about it, Rick? All right, so for me, it was built into the downtown of Houston, okay? So if you've ever been to Houston, it's hot, it's humid, it's sticky. And right in the middle, the heart of the city, is the Houston Astros Stadium. It was built in the year 2000. It's one of the smaller stadiums at 41,000. And over in left field, it was actually built into some old um, buildings that had been there prior. So I liked how they incorporated the history I believe there was like a rail station, a rail yard yeah. where uh, things Union, would come Union through. station, they called it. Exactly. And so what's interesting is they pay tribute to that because up in left center field, just kind of like when the Milwaukee Brewers hit a home run, there's some sort of theatrics. Well, at Minute Maid Park, there's a train, like a legit big old-fashioned train car. It's not really small. It's like what you used to see on a train track probably like a hundred years ago. Now, granted it looks really nice and it's only meant to be inside a baseball stadium. So it doesn't have the wear and tear, but it's, it's up on top 
on top of the stadium, basically. Yeah. 50, 60, 70 feet up in the air. And it's uh it's just probably about 300 feet worth where this train will go back and forth and it's carrying a bunch of oranges because it's Minute Maid Park. And anytime a home run gets hit there, it's kind of cool to just see that feature. They have a short porch in left field. Yeah. Kind of well, hold out. on. Let me let me jump into that uh uh trains that that pan pan dilemma. So that train scenario. They also have a conductor in there and he's rocking overalls and they pan to him all the time. Like whenever they do Sunday night baseball, they always show him, uh, which I think is hysterical. And what a vantage point. I mean, everybody must look like ants from up there. Uh, love the retractable roof. I mean, you got to have it in Houston. You got to just like you got to have it in Seattle. You got to have it in Milwaukee. I love uh franchises and cities that understand they should have a retractable roof for various reasons we uh, actually went to the stadium on a friday night fireworks night where i believe we watched the game with a closed stadium and then they opened it after the game for the fireworks show yeah we actually got on the field for that too we were taking pictures on the field um oh. which was pretty epic before the game uh we that got to meet some game. of the owners. Uh, we had our orange tuxedos going. That was a part of our five games in five days in in Texas road trip. Um, with big Golden jumbo, Pickett. big jumbo scoreboards yeah. out in right field. I was touching yeah. on the short porch in left. Short porch in left. Love the dimensions of the ballpark. This is one of the funkiest dimensions of a ballpark, and the Astros have made it to the World Series multiple times over the past five six years. So this ballpark has been on much display so short porch in in left uh and i remember we were there for batting practice and people are shat like drilling home runs off the off the back and all of a sudden i see one come in and it hits the back hits the back wall and then is bouncing back towards the field takes a one hop and i just snag it and give it to a little girl (laughs) rob that was unbelievable and yes minute maid park is top 10 stadium for sure I also I also love the home run. Well, let me let me we're in the top ten. I want to talk about it a little bit. I love how the home run uh, goes over. Like it kind of it's the short porch, and then all of a sudden the home run fence gets higher when you go towards left center. Uh, crazy dimensions there. They also used to have a hill in center field. It was the w- strangest things. I think it was paying tribute to the polo grounds. They had flagpoles and a hill in center field, which caused the most serious problems, torn ACLs, uh, injuries, people running into poles. And I think the MLB, after a while, just said, no, you guys got to get rid of the foul, po- the, 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 the uh, flag poles out there and the hill. Uh, you got to get rid of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just great. And I love, I love watching games there. It's a great stadium. Yeah, the bullpen's over in right center. It's terrific. The dimensions are spot on. What you just said, that's what makes uh... – some yeah. good characteristics of the so, ballpark. So who'd you, me, have at, who'd you have at eight? Yankee Stadium. So oh, uh, Yankee Stadium built in 2009. And this is uh, the new stadium. Of course, there was the old Yankee Stadium, and um, it was torn down for this monument, which is it, – it, that's what it feels like. It feels like you're going into a museum with all the marble, all the facade. Yeah. They have their museum. They have their monumental – um park out in center field with all the different legends um they used to have the black seats out in right center they now have this mohegan sun bar out in center field which looks like one of those black eyes like the backgrounds to 
uh, when the pitchers are pitching, you got to have it black or dark green uh, to not have like a distraction for the batter. Exactly. And they actually are the only stadium that I can think of that has built a, a club inside what looks like just black glass, but inside of it is a phenomenal club to watch the game from. You've got the bleacher creatures out in right field. Mm-hmm. You've got the Audi club up in left field in the all glass. Yeah. And then if you work your way around back behind home plate, I would make the case that the legend seats behind home plate at Yankee Stadium are the most luxurious sport, the most luxurious seat in sports. Sound it out. It's a big word. Lobster tails, filet mignons, candy bars that would make. And Rick, you've sat in those multiple times. Uh, We can talk about it now. No longer with the company. Wanted to earn some business. Uh, just you know, wine and dine some clients, bought bought front uh second row seats to opening day. <laughs> you sat next to Rudolph Giuliani, Marlins man, Jimmy Fallon. You actually asked Jimmy Fallon to take a photo of you and Rudolph Giuliani. <laughs> That's right, Mayor Giuliani and I. We go way back, and uh, I'll tell you what, Jimmy happened to be there. He likes to take pictures. He had his camera with him. I said, "Come on, Jimmy, get us a picture." You actually didn't know who he was at the moment. It's true. It's true. I was just hoping he'd take a picture, and he did. And then I got a picture with him. But it, uh, Rob, to me, is just like one of the most special places to sit on opening day behind home plate on a beautiful day. It's it's perfect. And uh, I love Yankee Stadium, all the history with the organization. Yeah. There's something about it. You know, the Yankees are the most famous franchise in all of sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. And money can't buy happiness because they haven't won a World Series in about like 14 years. So, uh, you know, anyway. Sounds uh, like a a Mets fan. Sounds like a disgruntled Mets fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're we're experiencing the same thing over in in City Field. So, you know, it's pretty disgruntling. So, but I wasn't going to put Yankee stadium in because I'm a Mets fan. I wasn't going to put them in my top 10. Let's get to number seven. Tell me what you got at number seven there bones. Oh man. This was such a great trip. This was my birthday trip that you organized. And this was out to course field uh, Rockies. I loved it. I, it was something about Denver, just like great city. Uh, it's smack dab. And like when I watch it on TV, I always thought that it was in the suburbs. And then when we got there, I was like, holy shit, the stadium is in downtown. And the reason why I thought it was in the suburbs is because of that black eye that you talked about where the Yankee Stadium has the Mohegan Sun. Coors Field has like evergreen trees and like a river flowing through it, like the Colorado River and paying tribute to that, which I thought was so cool. Um, I also love the altitude. So lots of home runs. Pitchers are never going to succeed there um, because of mile high. Uh, I love the purple. We already talked about this on another on another episode. The purple ring around the seats. Seats in the upper section are all purple because that uh, signifies exactly a mile above sea level. Love the Jack Daniels Center that they put uh, upstairs in one of the upper decks in uh, right field upper deck. And then Blue Moon. Shelby and I love a good blue moon with an orange, and it was created at at uh, at Coors Field. You're right, Rob. It's a great stadium. You and I got a chance to uh, know it intimately through the luxurious suite behind home plate. We got a chance to take the field during batting practice. It really was 
a memorable time there. You Coors caught a foul Field. ball. I did. The only time I've ever caught a ball at a baseball game, believe it or not, was at Coors Field, and it seats 50,000. It's the second largest stadium in Major League Baseball. Moving on to number six, and this is where it really starts to get good. Six. Yeah. Atlanta Braves. <laughs> We're right on pace, baby. Bingo. Truest field. Truest there park. we go, baby. Truest Park was built in 2017. It's actually the newest stadium in Major League Baseball behind the Texas Rangers Globe Life Field, which was built in 2020 during COVID. So this stadium in 2017 first opened. And what I loved about this stadium, Rob, was, of course, Turner Field and its history downtown in Atlanta with all the World Series and Hank Aaron and all just the history. But they were looking for something better. And they decided to, the Braves organization, that is, partner with Cobb County. And this is several miles away, but they... They created this area that it is so enjoyable, even when the team is out on the road, they, you know, have this setup where you want to be there and it's called the battery. It's got a movie theater. It's got restaurants and shops and hotels and bars. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's just such a great atmosphere with uh, apartment complexes all over the place. And yeah. it's like, man, if there was a spot to live, that might be where I'd like to live, where you're just at the ballpark all the time. It is so fantastic. Yeah, and the Braves have been such a phenomenal – it hurts me to say this because as a Mets fan, but you know what? I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, they won a ring. They're in the World Series. They're they're in the hunt every October. Uh, the place is bumping, like you said. They basically built a little mini city out there to surround the stadium. They have the Omni Hotel – uh, with uh, a roof, uh, with a with a pool roof deck that you can lounge and be watching the game from the Omni. You could have uh, hotel rooms from the Omni and just watch it from your hotel room. Um, and then the stadium itself is gorgeous, state of the art. I one of my favorite things. There's a lot to like about this. Um, loved right field. Uh, the like party zone area that was a lot of fun. Then they also had the Coors Light Tomahawk Club, I think, or something like that. Um, that was awesome. Um, and then behind home plate, kind of like City Field, has the Jackie Robinson Rotunda. Atlanta Braves made this awesome history and and showcased all the history that they have with Hank Aaron and the world series and the nineties and uh, everything that they've accomplished. And they have this cascading waterfalls. Uh, and, and it feels like you, it, it felt like I was in a museum slash like nature preserve walking through that. It's true, Rob, they did an outstanding job of displaying all of that and sharing it with the people that come to games on a daily basis the party zones over in right field, whether you were up high or down low, they've got some uh, suites that are like truly behind the outfield wall where the outfield wall is see-through, mm -hmm. like chain linked almost. Yep. And I just love all of that over there. The suite behind, like you said, home plate is crazy good. And it's brand new. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's hard to compete with a brand new stadium 
It's intimate, 41,000, really cool stuff. And um, yeah, you and I from here on out have full agreement on what our top six are. And moving on to number five. I, I think there might be a little uh, little controversy on five and four right here. I'm curious what your fifth one is. Let's go with your fifth one. PNC Park, Pittsburgh. Oh, right? man, back to back. There we go. Love Rob, it. Rob, it's it's Pittsburgh. And I found myself working from home today with the Pirates game on. And I just said to myself, wow, a day game at Pittsburgh is just uh, gorgeous. Yeah. It, it arguably has one of the best backdrops if you're sitting behind home plate, which we have done. And you stare out and you just see the city skyline with the – bridge out there the yellow it is just uh roberto clemente bridge it's called which is the most famous pirate of all you got the water the river flowing by where if a player bombs it far enough it'll leave the stadium and find its way into the three rivers it's it's fantastic people dock their boats over and go to the game oh, that's great the, man the short wall frank, out in left frank, frank michael smith would be loving this selection right here top how five not, how do you not center field they've got the p yeah. in like with the with the uh bushes out there hedging the pirates like, yeah they have the pirates uh thing right there and then i yeah it's just it's just great, and, and 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 it's it's just great. It's just great. I I really the thing is though, is that the thing that stinks, and like I always root for them to be good and in the playoffs and like playing some October ball in September was to get this stadium some so, showcase around the country. Rooting for Pittsburgh, man. Rooting for Pirates. Come on. You were there like 10 years ago, and it was the first time they had clinched the playoffs in a long time. It was the last game of the season. Yeah. And uh, you could feel this energy, and you're absolutely right. When the team's doing well, it is it is just on another level. So put it on your list, folks. Get to the Pittsburgh area. There's not much else out in Pittsburgh, uh, but this is this is where you want to go. All right, all right. On three, we're going to go with our fourth pick. Okay. Three. Should we go on four? Okay, on four, we're going to go with it. One, two, three, four. Petco. Petco Park. Petco ah, Park. Petco. San Diego Padres Stadium built in 2004, coming up on their 20-year history. And yes, yes, that's exactly right, Rob. We did have the voice of Petco Park, Mr. Alex Miniak, on our podcast a few years back as uh, a friend of the pod. And he's been working there now since they basically, uh, the teens started getting going with the Padres doing well. And uh, that ballpark, Rob, take it away, folks. 40,000. What do you got, Rob? What do you got? Uh, man, it was, first of all, you want to pick about, you want to pick a city that I'm okay losing friends to. Like if a friend of yours moves away and they're like, I'm moving to San Diego. I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Like, I get it. Like, you don't have to sell me. I get it. I understand. The weather there is amazing. You're talking about 70, 80 degrees, sunny pretty much year round um incredible weather which you cannot replicate anywhere else like pittsburgh you know the summertime is beautiful but it gets brutally cold in september and even early ball in 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 may too right so beautiful weather lots of vitamin d uh the backdrop i just love the backdrop it's this it's the city of san diego 
You're staring at the city of San Diego while you're watching the game. I love that. I love that about Pittsburgh. I love that about the arch. I love that about all the stadiums that incorporate that. Um, When we did our tour, we went to a distillery. This is so cool. Down the left field line, the foul pole is actually embedded into this brick building, kind of like you said in Houston, how they built uh, the stadium into a building that was already there. This building has been there forever. Uh, It was a distillery or brewery uh, uh, for a very long time, and they kept that tradition. So it's a distillery or brewery, Rick, correct me if I'm wrong, out in out in left field that's open to it's for seats. You could buy seats there, but it's just awesome. I believe it was a textile mill back in the early 1900s where they used to manufacture a lot of different types of textiles. And uh, it was really the heart and soul of the San Diego city that uh, most people were employed in by this, by this business. And you Google uh, that. Yeah. And they did not want to lose uh, that in the history they wanted to pay homage to the military uh, and the folks that serve our great country there uh, in the San Diego area. So you'll see a lot of our men and women recognized on a regular basis out in San Diego. But that building you're referring to, Rob, they have transformed it into suites, luxury boxes, just so creative, so special and unique triple decker triple decker if you've got the funds for it that'd be a cool spot to watch a game from and if you don't it doesn't matter because tickets aren't that cheap in san diego they're not that expensive in san diego you can find yourself a good seat there's not a bad one in the ballpark it's like you said always sunny there's a beach area out in center field you can truly lay in the sand and look through center field's wall and watch the game they've got a whole like it's just this cool vibe out in center field past the wall. There's like a mini wiffle ball stadium and just like um, food trucks and different like eateries out there. The food I remember was really good at the stadium. Tacos. Yeah. It's some good. Oh, yeah. No, you just can't beat it, Rob. I mean, we're really talking the top of the top right here and it's, it's and, Petco park at number and, four. And, and one thing you were, uh, this goes really underrated, but when you get out of your seat and you go to get a beer or something in the concession stand, nachos, whatever, ice cream in the little helmet that I love, uh, you know, it's it's usually walled off. It's like confined. It could feel tight. One thing that they did is it's such an open and airy stadium where it feels like refreshing just walking around like the rotund, the the concession area, which I, I like. I love it. It's great. Spot on, spot on. All right. All right. So here we go, Rob. Moving into number three, and this for all you listeners out there, is the last stadium that we're going to rank that's been built in the past 100 years, okay? This last stadium is in San Francisco. It's in the Bay. It's called Oracle Park. And I'm getting chills as I introduce to you our number three ranked stadium, which was built back in the year 2000, the turn of the century. It seats 41,000. That does not include the folks in kayaks out in right field in the water. Rob, this was perfect for Barry Bonds. He was just, as a left-handed pole ball hitter, just annihilating balls into the moon And they were falling into the water. They were traveling out of the ballpark. Oracle Park, Rob, you want to 
This is the only stadium where sitting in the upper deck has the best seat in the house. You can see the boats out in left field. There's a couldn't marina. agree more. Could not agree more. A marina out in left field, and uh, you just see the tops of like a hundred sailboats. It's it's breathtaking. You've got the Coca-Cola bottle inside the stadium. You got the big glove out in left field. Some yeah. fanfare and attractions out in left. You got the Jack Daniels. I thought this was really cool. In center field, so underneath the scoreboard, and you have the black eye out there, it's the Jack Daniels uh, bar area. And it's tough to – you can't see the game from there. There's there's, – there there are, like, fencing that's open where you can watch it from underneath there. But it's more of a lounge setup. And then there's a netting that goes over top of you just in case there's, like, home run balls that are hit – and but what I love about it is they have their own vegetable gardens there, like tons of them, just racking in the sun. And they use those vegetables for like the cheeseburgers and things like that. And they literally have all these vegetable gardens in the Jack Daniels area. So I thought that was super cool. It is super cool, Rob. That is unbelievable. And it's so San Francisco, so Californian to do that. And I love it all about the environment over in right field. You've got this brick facade with these arch openings where people can view the game from suites down below. And up top is just like this party crowded in sausage type deal up top, waiting for a ball to get hit. We took a tour. We got a chance to go into the dugouts onto the field. They have a trolley out in center field behind the, Jack Daniels Center to commemorate the trolley system in San Francisco. It's unbelievable. This is a ballpark you can't miss. And if you live on the East Coast, make the flight. It's worth it. You're going to go to that stadium and say, wow, I'm so glad I did that. Totally worth it. 100%. All right, Rick, moving on to our one and two combo right here. On three, I want your second pick. Okay. On two, on two, I want your second pick. This is a toss-up here. Comes down to two. Final two. One, two. Wrigley. Wrigley Field, baby. <laughs> Home of the Chicago Cubs. Built I thought you might have went Fenway. I thought you might have put Fenway as number two. but Oh, my gosh. Robbie boy, here we are. This is baseball at its finest. This is a Friday afternoon day game at Wrigley Field. Let's play two. Why not? 41,649 Cubs fans all packed into Wrigleyville. The whole area has just bars and restaurants, kind of like how the Atlanta Braves have created a space that is so enjoyable to be around, even when the team's not there. Wrigley has that vibe, and it has the history, Rob. The Yankees, they rebuilt their old stadium back in 2009 for a new ballpark, and sure, the Cubs, I guess, could do it, and maybe two, the Red Sox, but they choose not to. And that alone is just so impressive and remarkable. They've gone ahead and renovated underneath the dugouts and tried to make the accommodation somewhat 21st century. But even so, the dugouts are the size pretty much they were when they built the stadium. You can see and watch a game, the players are as log jammed as possible in the dugouts it's quite comical actually and i know you'll talk about the tour because 
we took a tour of this stadium and this was probably the greatest tour we've ever done. So much knowledge was instilled upon us that day. Um, The outfield wall, the outfield wall, the most famous wall in sports. Yeah. Yes. It is. It is Ivy. It's a brick wall with Ivy growing on it. The leaves are like perfectly placed. It just couldn't be a cooler feature to a ballpark, Rob. Yeah, that was a special moment in time to go and see Wrigley, a day game at Wrigley on Friday. Oh, man, so cool. Caught a good game, did the scorecard, had a dog, did the stadium tour, hung out in Wrigleyville. Man, that was awesome. And that tour is the greatest tour we've ever taken. And it was because of the tour guide. The tour guide was this young guy, probably about 25 years old, something like that, out of school. And he had so much passion. He was like a Jim Carrey type fellow. fellow. He had so much passion. He was a comedian. He felt like a stand-up comedian, just cracking jokes the whole time. He had a plethora of history to pull from, going all the way back to like the 1800s. And he knew how to tell some great stories. I'll try to do my best right here, but we'll keep it short because we do want to get to our number one and wrap this up. But got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, He told us about the ivy, the wall. And apparently what had happened was uh, the owner, the Wrigley's, um, saw a game where they, a baseball game where Ivy was on the wall at this baseball game. It was like, I think a minor league game or it was, you know, some, somewhere. Right. And Mr. Wrigley said, Hey, I want to put Ivy on the wall. Let's, let's get that going to the head groundskeeper. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I think we could do that by next year for sure. And Mr. Wrigley was like, no, I want it done by the start of the season. And the guy was like, the start of the season is in like, you know, a couple weeks. And he's just like, yeah, let's get it done. (laughs) So as the story goes, uh, they didn't have any lights at the stadium. So what they did was they had to find all this ivy. They went to every area in Chicago and tore up Ivy and transported it to Wrigley Field. Uh, And then they put a chain link fence uh, up against the brick wall and they were weaving Ivy into it like you were quilting. Uh, (laughs) And they had to weave it in and, and they didn't have any lights. So they had to work around the nighttime and people drove their cars into the stadium and shine their lights from their cars onto the wall so that they can continue working this project 24 hours a day. And lo and behold, it got finished by opening day. Uh, what a story, right? Rob, I love that story. Tell some other ones. Cause you're right. This guy was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. He was uh, talking about, I think the lights is one thing that you have to talk about with Wrigley. Wrigley was the last stadium to ever get stadium lights to have a night game. It was always called a day game at Wrigley. And a fun fact is they were supposed to be the first stadium with lights in 1942. That was when they were going to debut lights. However, World War II broke out in 1942 and the Chicago Cubs donated the lights that were going to be used for the stadium to go on aircraft carriers for World War II. 
and then ever since that time, did they not? They did not have lights. I don't know the exact year, Rick. You might know it better than I do. Uh, but they were the last stadium with lights. Yeah, I believe it was like in the eighties, which is just crazy that it was that long. So they held out as long as they could, and then boom, here they are. They still play the most day games out of any team in Major League Baseball by far. And it's to pay homage to to the day games at Wrigley Field that were there for basically a century. And yeah, Rob, that stadium out in center field has the old fashioned by hand green scoreboards mm-hmm. for around the league. They've got the W flag that they fly high when the team- Terry Carey take me out to the ball game. Right. Seventh inning stretch. I mean, you can't beat it, Rob. So Wrigley Field, folks. If you're a baseball fan, you're not one until you get to Wrigley Field, all right? That's the deal. Going in to number one, our favorite ballpark in the country. It also happens to be the oldest ballpark in the country, Rob. This stadium was built in 1912. It is also, Rob, the smallest seated stadium in Major League Baseball. So the smallest stadium and the oldest stadium is, in our opinion, according to the Brothers Brand here on the Brothers Brand Podcast, the best stadium in Major League Baseball. It is none other than Fenway Park, home of the Red Sox. Dude, it's the best. It's the best stadium. Rick, tell our listeners about it. You know, you talked about the San Francisco Giants having a garden. You and I recently were at Fenway Park in the last few years and did some stadium tours of ourselves. They've got a garden too, but that does not even fall into the top 10 coolest things at Fenway Park. In my opinion, it has to be number one coolest thing at Fenway Park is the green monster out in left field. This wall is just like the craziest thing you'd see in sports in any architectural design ever. It's like the total opposite of anything that exists in baseball. It's like twice as high as any other wall. And it's like practically 200 feet away from home plate. They were like, huh, let's see if we can squeeze a stadium into this square space in between some streets back in 1912 but you know what <laughs> left left field's kind of short so uh right field's long so let's make that wall like maybe two feet high so players can just like tumble over it into the stands or the bullpen which oh by the way they did and then in left field it's <laughs> like uh you know what i think there's gonna be like something we're gonna let's make this stadium as tall as we can build something in 1912 <laughs> they, did. they built this stadium rob it was have- like they had a dartboard and they were just throwing darts at shit to build and and they threw it up there and since then just in the last 10 years or so fenway park has engineered some really cool seats that are now on top of the green monster i'm gonna be honest rob i'm not a heights guy no I'd be a little nervous being up there, but hey, we've walked up there. We've sat up there during tours. Very cool seats. Um, I love them, but I just, I don't know if I'd sit in them, to be honest. But what's neat about this stadium, Rob, is they've got all red seats that uh, are throughout the ballpark, 37,000 of them. 
and they're all crammed in there. You are just like shoulder to shoulder with everybody. And as you work your way around the stadium in the outfield, you've got the green monster that then gets to uh, that, that uh, black greenish center field area, which oftentimes is kind of tarped over, but when it's the world series and the postseason and tickets are being sold left and right, um, those seats are also uncovered up there up top, but it's so high. It's about 20 feet high that it really doesn't interfere too much with the, with the fans or excuse me, the batters when their eyes, you know, behind the pitcher. But then you got that uh, John Hancock signature sign out there and right with the stadium and the Coca-Cola um, behind uh, the green monsters, that big Sitco gas station uh, sign up there tower. And I remember Jay Buner when we were kids hitting a ball off of that when they played the uh, Seattle Mariners. And then as you make your way around right field, they've actually created like this really cool, it's kind of like a theater almost. I think it's like five to 10,000 um, seat kind of a little uh, ample theater, I believe it is, where um, it's this venue where just musicians will come and perform and it's nothing big or crazy, but it's back there tucked into right field, which is also where they have their kind of museum area and, and history on display, which there's a ton of with the Red Sox organization. Oh my gosh, it's wild. The 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 concessions and the tunnel areas built in underneath the grandstands back behind uh, first and third base behind home plate. It's like you hear somebody going to the bathroom on the second deck and you can hear the toilets flushing. It's like everything could be just squished in there. Uh, it's a lot like Wrigley Field where there's shops and restaurants all around with cobblestone streets. It's the best, Rob. Yeah, it, it is baseball magnified. Uh, the history, the curse of the Bambino, everything, uh, the Cinderella story, the Red Sox coming back from 03 against the Yanks to win it. Uh, oh, geez, it's just crazy. And a couple, I recently took a tour last summer. This time last summer in June of uh, last year, I was there and I took a tour. The gardens was so cool. Uh, the green monster seats were amazing. It's just wedged in the state in the city. It's just wedged in there. Um, two things that I thought were really cool was the stadium tour guy was talking about, or actually three things that I thought was cool. The stadium tour guide pointed out Pesky's pole. So Pesky's pole is the pole uh, in right field, and like you said, the the stadium wall is like literally two feet tall over there, and. The history of, uh, of of Pesky, he was a player for the Red Sox in the 40s, and it's named after him. And you would think a guy that is na- like gets a foul pole named after him, he hit it off of it. Uh, you know, he must have been the clobberer. He must have been slamming home runs. No, no. Pes- Pesky was, uh, he had 17 home runs in his career, six of which were in uh Fenway Park but he had a really monumental hit in a um in a championship or back in the 40s um uh that went around the pole and it was a home run and the announcer at the time um uh just called it Pesky's pole around Pesky's pole and then it got coined and the newspaper started printing it everybody started printing it everybody and like it just stuck Pesky's pole so, uh, pretty cool. 
and then if you're watching this, if you're watching the uh, a game at Fenway, you'll notice that all of the seats are green in the outfield, except for one red seat. And that marks Ted Williams' longest home run, 502 feet from um, from the stadium, from the field. And what I thought was pretty interesting was, uh, you know, this was back with Ted Williams' error, and a man happened to be sitting there. And as the story goes, the man was sitting there and he fell asleep, and the ball hit him on the head, and he proceeded to be okay from my recollection of the story. But unfortunately, that guy passed away. I mean, obviously, he passed away at some point. And to commemorate him, his family was able to sit in that entire row. <laughs> the entire family sat in the entire row. <laughs> and Rob, he had no idea that some human being could hit a ball that far. So at the time, nobody blamed him for having yeah. dozed off a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> he was 500 plus feet away from home plate. Nobody had ever hit a ball that far. So cool facts, cool stories. Got to go to Fenway. Um, Rick, this wraps up our top stadiums in the country. And I think we did a phenomenal job. And I'm just doing going impromptu here and just going to give an honorable mention. Honorable mention for a stadium. And I think we're in agreement here. The Field of Dreams out in Iowa. Dyersville, Iowa. Put it on the list. Check out the Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Rob, you're absolutely right. And folks, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening to this three-part series. I know it it was a long one, but trust me, I've got a feeling it was worth it. You've now heard it here first. The 30 Major League Baseball stadiums ranked 1 through 30 in order of the Brothers Brandt through firsthand experiences. So get out there. Get out there with your loved ones and get out there and go to a ball game somewhere in America. For all you listeners, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt, and we're the Brothers Brandt. Thanks for listening.